This is Reception Perception, the show. Now, James Coe and Matt Harmon. James Coe, Matt Harmon here with you on Reception Perception, the show. If you enjoy the content, man, please like and subscribe. Uh, we would very much appreciate that. Okay, but this is the guy that I was really excited about talking about today, man. Isaiah Hodgins. Um, I know you're doing some work, uh, some charting work on Isaiah Hodgins here, Matt Harmon, but I just got to ask you flat out, is this dude the real deal or no, man? He had a huge game against Minnesota, uh, nine targets, eight catches, 105 and a touchdown. But I just feel like the last, you know, five, six games now for Isaiah Hodgins guy kind of looks like the real deal to me, but I don't know what, what do your eyes tell you? Yeah, so um, I will have uh, a a full reception perception profile. I mean, he's got eight games, and he's not going to might get what one more at this mm-hmm. point. So you know what? I'm gonna go go ahead and break the rules here. He's an exclusive rights free agent or something like that. <laughs> he's gonna I'm gonna put him up on the pro. I'm gonna put it the first baby. 2023 go. profile from the from last season, the 2022 yeah. season. Let's go and go up on the site this week. Why not? This is my Let's site. Go. I'll break this. There are no rules. I, yeah. The rules are what I make them. So I'm going to put right. the first profile up on the site. Yeah. It's going to be on this Hodgins guy. And yeah, so I haven't started yet, to be clear, uh, as here of 4.30 uh, p.m. On, on Tuesday. But I do agree with you that he's got uh, something to him. And, and some of the, the stuff that we were seeing from this past game, uh, the fact that they were getting him like routes in the slot. You know, I really thought that Richie James was going to have a big game because uh, of – the amount of zone coverage that they play, the amount of soft zone coverage that Minnesota plays. I was right. like, oh, yeah, Richie James, like, out of the slot, that's going to be a big deal. But Hodgins ends up, you know, they have him running some routes from the slot, um, some option routes, stuff like that. And he was just fantastic on those routes, consistently choosing the right way, him and Daniel Jones on the same path. Uh, just yeah. very impressive. So I was surprised that he ended up being kind of the target there because he's typically been the perimeter guy there where Richie James has been the slot. But – yeah, they were like designing stuff specifically for Isaiah Hodgins, and I thought that was really impressive. 6'4", 210 pounds out of Oregon State. He was a six-round pick by the Buffalo Bills in 2020. He missed his rookie campaign with an injury and then was on and off the Bills practice squad in 2021. And to start this year, I kind of sort of think like – Watching him in the slot, being a big slot receiver, I, I almost feel like the Bills would certainly uh, like to have some a player like that in their <laughs> yeah, offense right. right now. You know what I mean? The Giants picked this dude up off waivers uh, in November, and and again, it's a completely depleted wide receiver core, so he gets on the field almost immediately played eight games in the regular season for the Giants, but then became a really big contributor his last five, playing 80% or more of the snaps in the last five games to close out the season. And then obviously we saw him in the divisional round uh, put up pretty big numbers. But Matt, 6.6 targets, five receptions, 50 yards, and had four touchdowns in those last five games of the regular season. To me, just visually, I think he looks freaking great against zone coverage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and just to put a point in the slot stuff, five uh, five targets, five catches, uh, 2.7 yards per route run out of the slot uh, against the Minnesota Vikings. And he only was in the slot, you know, for – it wasn't like a full – he wasn't the full-time slot player, but it was when no. they got him in there, they were looking for him, you know. And I think that's really, uh, that's really encouraging. And, and, you know, 41.7% – of his routes run versus zone coverage against the Vikings. He was, he's got a target uh, when he was lined up inside. So there's a lot of stuff 
Um, that I thought this again very encouraging in that particular in that particular spot. Yeah, I, I think the the zone coverage stuff is probably going to be his his biggest strength because he's not he's not an explosive guy stuff like that. But yeah, from a fundamental standpoint, this is just like again watching on the broadcast uh, from the Vikings game standpoint. I do think he's got like his technique in order, man. And look, you don't like you don't climb up a depth chart that quickly. I don't care what depth chart it is. I, it can it can be this Giants receiver core where it's Darius Slayton, Richie James, like these guys who weren't expected to play big roles. And by the way, Kenny Galladay. I mean, Kenny Galladay just hanging out. <laughs> you, you don't is is that the is that the worst wide receiver contract, free agent contract in in his in the history of of the NFL? It's got to be up it, there. It's got to be up there. I can't think of many worse because he has <laughs> he has a terrible year with the coaching staff that brought you know that brought him in. I mean the goofball Joe Judge, Jason Garrett yeah. coaching staff, and and then you get like the second coaching staff's not even like all right. You know what? We can make we can make this Kenny Galladay thing work. Brian Dayball got in there and, and Mike Kafka got in there and they're like nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. And Absolutely what is, nothing. What what did uh, Dayball say about like and say hey, honestly same thing with Kadarius Tony too. I mean which, yeah yeah, you know, yeah. I, the, the Tony Bros are still out there. They're ready for the divisional round. He's probably gonna rip like seven t- catches on seven targets or something. He runs like ten routes, but that's the Tony experience in divisional round. You heard it here first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it's just amazing. Like Dayball and these guys are just like nah, we're not we're not trying any like career revival stuff with Kenny Galladay. He can hang out all here all year here and cash his checks and show up <laughs> in week eighteen and score his first touchdown with the Giants. But he's not he's not doing anything for us. I mean, and that's a, but that's what brings me back to Hodgins. Like you can. You can be whatever you know. You can be whatever type of player you want in whatever type of situation you want. But if your fundamentals aren't there from like a route running, a technique standpoint, you're not going to go out there and play like every single snap like this guy has been doing. Right. And I think that's a really big testament to him as a player. Uh, you talk about the athleticism and some of the athletic traits. Uh, it's a little bit of a mixed bag, to be honest with you. He ran a four six one, so that's pretty slow. Again, he's six four two ten, so he's a bigger wide receiver. We're not expecting this guy to run a sub four four here. Okay. Um, uh, but four six one is still on the slower side. But I, I, then I take a look: thirty six and a half inch vertical mat. That's really good. A ten foot four inch broad jump. That's really good. I think it really indicates some short area power, um, even with that bigger frame. And maybe part of his football IQ comes from the fact that he's just been around the game his entire life. He's the son of NFL fullback James Hodgins who played and blocked for Marshall Falk on the Rams. So he's been around the game his entire life, man. Yeah, no, I was like, I did not know that. And then I was like, well, no wonder I didn't know that. I'm uh, I wasn't tuned into the, when I was watching Marshall Falk, I wasn't tuned into the fullback, you know? Um, <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. Also, I was probably <laughs> five. I, I was going to say, <laughs> okay, all right. I'm not that, I'm not that young anymore. Are you five years old? Go on, man. <laughs> I mean, shoot, I, I get, you're, you're thinking of, uh, you're thinking of me a long time ago, pal. I'm not, I'm not that young <laughs> anymore, but you know what? Now, now that you, now that you say that, this yeah. James, James Hodgins character, uh, his father. I mean, yeah, 19, he was in St. Louis from 1999 to 2002. It wasn't five, but <laughs> pretty close. I was pretty definitely, close. I was definitely. <laughs> Were you elementary. double digits? Were you double digits? <laughs> Uh, not in not in 1999 not oh yet my God. Uh, but you in 2002 not, okay. i was in double Jesus. digits by then right. so <laughs> there yeah. you go 
Hey, by the way, by the way, this Isaiah Hodgins guy, man, like 85% of his snaps this year have come while lined up outside. Um, and, and you know what's really impressive, Matt, is the fact that he makes himself so available. 78% catch rate this year, uh, despite playing most of his snaps outside. The reason I bring that up, uh, the league average for wide receivers lined up outside, it's a 61% catch rate. So 78% wow, for, for Hodgins, 61% is the league average. So he's well above that. Now, And I get it. I get it. Okay, not a lot of his targets are coming downfield. I understand that, but it just, to me, speaks to his ability to find open spaces in that short to intermediate area of the field and just keep those chains moving. 100%. And, you know, this is obviously a guy that Joe Shane, uh, the general manager, and Brian Dable are familiar with uh, because they got a little taste of him last year. Uh, right. Shoot, Joe Shane was part of the front office that drafted uh, Isaiah Hodgins in the sixth round out of Oregon State last year when he was with the Buffalo Bills. So, yeah, familiarity is great there. And, man, I mean, just – what a what a coaching job by by Brian Dayball, man! For I mean, sure. what an inc- what sure. an incredible year wow. by Dayball, and yeah, I I still think it's hard to point like what's the most impressive thing that that has happened out of New York this year because we're talking about Isaiah Hodgins here and we're we're giving him flowers and he deserves the flowers. The guy is a six round pick a rookie six round pick from last year and he's on his second NFL team. He was waived by the I bills, know. a team that needed help at wide receiver. The bills are playing Cole Beasley and John Brown. And like all of the, all of these guys that like your buddies <laughs> think crazy. are retired, you know, like they thought they yeah. thought these guys retired, but Cole Beasley did retire earlier this se- earlier this season when he was with Tampa Bay. So, Insane. I mean, these guys that, you know, are, are, are on their last legs. If that, uh, that that's who the bills are, are picking up those guys. So Hodgins, you know, doesn't stick there. That's impressive that this receiver court, you know, Saquon Barkley was incredible in this game against the Vikings. He was, he was awesome. The way they used him as a pass catcher was really impressive. The way he was just yep. running people over was impressive. Um, you know, I talked to Barkley earlier this year and like how bought into the culture he was after a bunch of, you know, nonsense previously, Right. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, that, that was impressive, I think. And also just the revival of Daniel Jones, man. I mean, oh my Daniel gosh. Jones, did you uh, ever see had, that coming? Uh, no, I, I mean, again, what, what's Daniel Jones's biggest, you know, you know, flaw it's the turnovers. And, and this year he had like no turnovers at all. He was amazing protecting the ball and going through his reads. And I, you have to attribute that to Brian Dable. You have to. You know, and, and I think it all starts right there. The fact that they cut down on the, the turnovers dramatically uh, to the point where it's like not not only was he like average, he was good. He was pretty darn good at protecting the football. Uh, and I think that all starts with the coaching staff there. Um, yeah, man, I, I'm just I, the Giants have an interesting and they're not done yet. I'm just I'm just saying. But when they are. When they're finishing and going into this offseason, man, what an interesting offseason. Daniel Jones is a free agent. What are they going to do there? Saquon Barkley's a free agent. What are they going to do there? Uh, it's just a lot of question marks. Uh, what are they going to do at wide receiver? Because obviously they have a, a need there. Uh, but, man, uh, for this year, forget about 2023, but just looking back at 2022 and, and what this coaching staff did, they knocked it out of the park for sure. And I think the Giants are, are, are in pretty good shape. And um, they again to bring it back to the 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 family, the friends and family plan. 
this is uh, not what Brian Dayball did. You know, Brian Dayball didn't go and like pluck a bunch of his old buddies or whatever. Like Mike Kafka comes from a completely different coaching tree than what Brian right. Dayball was doing in Buffalo. Like, and they don't even do it like from a philosophy standpoint, what the chiefs are doing with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reed from a conceptual standpoint is so different than what Brian Dayball was doing with the Buffalo bills. But he plucks Kafka from as a quarterback coach to be his play caller Dayball, by the way. I mean, can we get, can we get, offensive head coaches to stop calling plays i i think mike McDan- <laughs> look i love mike mcdaniel but they couldn't get a freaking playoff against the bills because it's like there's too much going on uh there like get get the play calling duties off your hands and go find a guy who's not on the friends and family program they get right. kafka wink martindale's not on the friends and family program right he just likes what he did and i i just think that's one of the most of all the impressive things that dayball did that might be the most impressive that you know, to have the sort of understanding of uh, this, I'm going to be, I'm not going to use this as an opportunity to just get my friends jobs or whatever. I'm going to go find people that do great work and I'm going to highlight it here. And I think that's why the the team has bought into this. Why? Because I think players probably notice that stuff too, right? It's like, oh, I'm just, this guy's just giving his buddies jobs or whatever. Like they're, they're, <laughs> I think they got to see a little bit of that too. I just love the fact, and I, to me, it always seems to work out. You talk about Sean McVay uh, going with the son of bum. Uh, there in his early years with the LA Rams, but then Dable now too, like bring in Wink Martindale, right? Like it just seems to me like a really good idea for first time head coaches to bring in these grizzled, like grizzled, grizzled, grizzled guys that also have been around the game for their entire lives to kind of sort of bring that like maturity and stability. That's exact. That's, that is exactly what they did not do in Denver. Right. You got a first yeah. year head coach with a yeah, first year offensive friend. coordinator. Right. And then his and then his and a first year defensive coordinator. And the DC did pretty good. Uh, but again, still, it's just there's just not a lot of, you know, there's just not a lot of that, uh, you know, that maturity, I think, in the building. Uh, you know, it's funny. About I, I thought I thought at first, you know, the Panthers um, there. It's weird. They're not to change the subject here, but they're interviewing like defensive coordinators before they've hired their head coach like you see they're interviewing like Vic Fangio and stuff which by yeah, the way yeah. I think that's a great thing I mean, Vic Fangio would be a hell of a defensive coordinator and, and that'd yeah. be really fun just weird that they haven't hired a head coach and part of me thought like oh maybe they're they're gonna hire Ben Johnson but Ben Johnson as we're taping this announced he's not he's he's returning to Detroit he's no longer doing all these interviews wow or really so um you know and he's from like he's a carolina guy by the way so i thought that actually made a lot of sense that would be the perfect kind of pairing there ben johnson young play call which i know wow. i just said the thing about the play calling but um i'm you know, he's, shocked he's, i know I, I was surprised too but yeah this literally just happened so i i thought i would bring it up um that 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 you know he's he said you know he interviewed i think today with uh the colts and the texans hey buddy i understand why you don't want to do that uh, <laughs> he's like i don't want to work he's like oh i, I spent an hour with jim ursay i'm good and i definitely don't want to work good. with houston uh so carolina is gonna go- that makes you think that carolina is just gonna do whatever it, it uh it takes to get sean payton and you know he wants like big fangio there and that's already kind of in the works that's kind of Ooh, Sean Payton, Vic Fangio, watch out. Okay, that's that's a combo right there. Okay, that's interesting. 